I'm Orion Cooling. And I'm Zach Meyer. And this is Shadow Carriers. Shadow Carriers is a curated collection of disturbia assembled by two lifelong storytellers, sonically mixed to bring you into the darkness and out again. We invite you to sit with us in the shaft of moonlight and, if you're brave enough, to step into the shadow with us. What if I told you in 100 years, no one would remember the name David Bowie? The queer icon's legendary performance is forgotten. His quotes no longer referenced. His boundary-pushing fashion lost to time. Would you be shocked? Would that press against the social norm that he led recede and leave a gully in the mountain of cultural zeitgeist? Tectonic drift. All of that energy and all of that effort just abandoned by the very pop culture he created. Would it create its own kind of ghost? Here in New Orleans, there's a ghost just like that. A ghost that in real life pioneered gender fluidity in ways we're only now finally embracing. It's a ghost of fantastic dresses and quick changes. It's a ghost of exquisite makeup and raised eye arches. It's the ghost of the most beautiful woman and the most handsome man in the country in the era of glamour and vaudeville and Hollywood. It's just one ghost containing a legion of reflections of many women in one man. It's the ghost of... Julian Eltinge. And where do we find Julian? That's an answer found at the bottom of one of the quintessential classic drinks of New Orleans, the grasshopper. And if you are in the know, you are aware that there's only one place to get one of those sweet dessert drinks, at Two Jacks. Two Jacks is New Orleans' second oldest restaurant in the Big Easy, established in 1856. Near the internationally known French market, it was one of the first restaurants in the nation to do a butcher's breakfast, a tradition we now call brunch. The butchers would arrive after mornings at the market, and the food and drink would be ready as early as 6 a.m. But as vibrant as that brunch atmosphere must have been, the dinners, featuring exquisite dishes such as spicy shrimp remoulade and chicken bon femme, called out for the perfect post-dinner dessert drink. So in 1918, for a cocktail competition in New York City, they created the Grasshopper. This smooth, creamy, minty drink became a sensation. We can now connect the drink to Julian. In 1918, Julian Eltinge was a sensation. Based in New York, but hopping back and forth to Hollywood, they were a pioneer of female impersonation and an absolute star. It's hard to overstate it. By that point in history, they had already performed in command performances in front of the King of England, starred in a series of Broadway shows, and had their own theater in New York named after them. Think about that alone for just a moment. Let's look at a contemporary Broadway star, Sutton Foster. With all due respect to Sutton Foster, do they have their own theater in New York City named after them? No, they do not. I have another contemporary for you. Go for it. The star Hedvig in The Angry Inch recently featured Neil Gaiman's Sandman, John Cameron Mitchell current pioneer of gender fluidity. Yes, for all of their amazing work, they don't have a huge theater that's now an AMC built in their honor. This is the kind of power we're discussing. Julian reigned in the spaces they were doing art in. Musicals, plays, and movies written for their talent, all while defying the norms around gender. 
For many people, the concept of non-binary feels modern. But even the casualest look at history quickly debunks that. For generations, especially in modern times, people who walked that line between one gender or another felt the cruel hand of homophobia holding them down. But some found the secret space between cultural norms to shine brilliantly, and one of them was Julian Eltinge. Eltinge, in 1918, when they might have had their first sip of New Orleans cocktail the Grasshopper, was making more money than Charlie Chaplin. They were simply unparalleled in their art, not just as a non-comical female portrayal, but the definition of a triple threat. They could out-sing, out-dance, and out-act any of their contemporaries, such as Rudolph Valentino. But even in the midst of their fame, they fought against perceptions and fear-mongering around them. A campaign of hyper-masculinity involving boxing matches, horse riding, and paid publicity of courtship with women couldn't turn the feelings of a segment of critics who tied female impersonation with unfounded fears of degrading morals. Julianne danced on the head of a pin with statements like, I'm not gay. I just like pearls. Accused of beating up a critic who called them a sissy, they said, I didn't thrash a man. What would be the use? If I tried to thrash everyone who made remarks, I would have a perpetually sprained wrist and bruised knuckles. It's widely believed that Julianne was queer. They're even lauded by the queer community as a pioneer, but when asked about it, Julianne specifically denied it. Now, before we make any assumption on their intentions on this decision, we must look through the lens of time and perspective. We're not here to speak for Julianne in any way, but we can speak to the vast history of danger and violence inflicted against anything that wasn't heteronormative. So we must accept that Julianne spoke and conducted themselves as they needed to and leave it at that. Whether it was the grasshopper or the relaxed atmosphere in one of the earliest cities in the United States to have queer enclaves, Julianne became a frequent visitor to New Orleans and specifically to Tujac's. So much that a signed headshot was gifted to the then owner, Jean-Dominique Castet, perhaps to his wife, the famed French chef, Clemence Castet. Julian was known to have a powerful connection to nearly every woman he encountered, and for the supernaturally minded, that portrait is where the hauntings begin. The picture. Whether a portrait or a headshot or a snapshot on a cell phone, the picture, a moment caught in time, is key. Because in the photos of guest at Tujacs, Julian appears. There he is. And again. The guests are smiling with their whiskey punch, but Julian looks distinctly angry. It's all fun and games until it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Because here, in this restaurant, this unpretentious venue, from humble beginnings to world-renowned fame, Julian Elton's portrait was the last vestige of his once powerful fame on this side of the Mississippi until it was taken down in a remodel. And he demanded... To be remembered. So he commanded the camera, like they did alongside of greats of early Hollywood, showing up in pictures snapped by tourists and locals alike. But then the hauntings escalated. Julian, a presence in life, would make the presence known in death, made themselves unforgettable by the smashing of China and the tromping of high heel shoes, until finally the portrait was restored on the wall of the restaurant and the camera reel spun to black on the projector of the ages. 
Julian put down their wrath and took off the wig for the final time. <sighs> and the hauntings abated at Two Jacks. It was time for Julian to rest, like they did in 1941 after their last performance at Billy Rose Diamond's Horseshoe Nightclub in New York City, ten days later of a cerebral hemorrhage. Final curtain. Only the story isn't over. And maybe the hauntings aren't either. You see, Two Jacks recently moved to another historic location several blocks away from its original site. When I stopped by last, I asked the manager if Julian's portrait had been rehung. He simply said, mm, No. I didn't need to tell him the world of trouble the restaurant was asking for. You see, I'm confident Julian will. You see, in this new remodel, they've maintained the elegance of the old restaurant, but added new paint there and here to update the look. And Julian was a master of a dash of color to cover a challenge. It depends on where you put the paint, not how much you splash on. They knew the importance of the finishing touch, from how one holds their hands to where one hangs a very important portrait. To miss that detail is the difference between camp and elegance between homage and hauntings. Without that picture hanging, the venerated restaurant might be reigniting the floor lights for another performance. And this time, there may be no stopping the show from going on. <laughs> this episode was written by Orion Cooling. Directed, perform, and sound design by Zach Meyer and Orion Cooling. Production manager is Angela Davis Cooling. Creative director is Sarah Perry. Proofreading and editing by Katie Sullivan. Sensitivity reader was Daphne Muller. Soundscaping and engineering by Zach Meyer. Guest vocals by Charity Sharealike and the Meyer Nephews. You can follow Charity on Instagram at charity.sharealike. This episode was written with support from Exploring Gender. Exploring Gender is the foremost intimate and creative source for gender queer education. Find out more about their work at exploringgender.com. That's exploring without the E at the front, gender.com. We chose to use he, him, and they, them pronouns based on our consultation. For more information on Julian Eltinge, we recommend starting with the Masters of Drag on PBS on YouTube. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to support our work, become a patron of the podcast and gain access to exclusive content. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash shadowcarriers. If you'd like to buy our storytellers a drink, you can donate to our Venmo at Shadow Carriers. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay connected and up to date on upcoming episodes. And most importantly, if you've enjoyed your time with us today, please consider subscribing to Shadow Carriers and leaving a review on your podcast provider. As a small podcast, your reviews and subscriptions really help us grow our listener base and influence the mysterious and chaotic spirits known as algorithms. We've served you these stories for a peek to the other side. But as you leave us, we wish you fair, fair winds, winds and following, following skies. Hey, Henry and Leo, what says we go grab a kitty grasshopper at Two Jacks? Ah!